Welcome to the Marshall Proof Podcast and a Road to Indie special here. We do a couple of these each year. Most recent edition captured in August, two young drivers, exceptional talent, very, very early on the Road to Indie ladder brought to you by Anderson Promotions and Cooper Tires. So who are we speaking with? Well, brother of new USF 2000 champion, Michael D'Orlando, that would be Nick, Nicholas D'Orlando. We're going to start off speaking with Nick, talking about his year and again. This is from August, so we did happen to get the season done, but good progress for him, certainly with his brother moving up to Indy Pro 2000, courtesy of Anderson Promotions and Cooper Tires with that lucrative advancement prize. I think young Nick is going to be aiming take that same title here in 2023 hopefully get some more confirmation of his plans but young man with talent for sure then we move on to probably my favorite young driver coming into usf 2000 this year didn't get to do the whole season by any means working with old pal jay howard his really strong jay howard driver development team that would be young and i do mean young i'll let him tell you the story Evagoras Papasavas. So we're going to start off with Nick, move on to Evagoras. Maybe you don't know all the kids who are coming up, not necessarily right at the front straight away, but breaking through, making headway. These two kids certainly qualify. So get to know the two of them. Roll straight from Nick into Evagoras here, all courtesy of Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. Hey, we have half of the uh, D'Orlando Racing Dynasty on the phone here, which I kind of sort of love. Nicholas, I love the fact that we have quality brothers on the road to Indy, maybe even vying for similar uh, achievements and opportunities at the moment. Tell me about your path, right? We've been, been fortunate to have your brother Michael on the podcast before. This is our first chance to have you on the show and we'll talk about a variety of things but tell me about being your own man tell me about pursuing your own dreams but also having a brother you care for who's trying to go to the top and get to indycar as well hi marshall uh, thanks for having me um well having a brother in the sport has been really helpful my entire career uh we both started so young at five and six years old um i've always had him as someone to look up to uh, and learn from in karting um and, you know, we, we each kind of separated our own paths once we once he started racing um, as a factory driver for B-Roll Art uh, overseas in the FIA karting championships. Um, I actually got to take a different opportunity and race for um, first Comcart uh, as their first uh, international driver. And then I got to race for um, world champion team Kart Republic. So... That was an interesting dynamic, how we got to you know, drive together, get separate for the first time, um, competing against each other overseas in go-karts. Um, I also read you got a chance to uh, get to know one of your heroes, Daniel Ricardo, a little bit through a little uh, karting, uh, not a lot of time, but a little bit of karting uh, done with uh, in relation to Daniel's product line as well. I did, so... Because I raced for uh, Comcart, um, which is a freeline chassis, it's based on the Bureau and same as the Ricardo Kart. Um, I guess when he was with Red Bull, there was some sort of uh, marketing day or whatever they were doing um, at a track called Castelletto in Italy. And I happened to be there uh, 
those days. So Ricardo Cart um, connected me through CompCart and asked me to test his personal cart to get his engines and everything ready. And uh, I actually got to drive alongside him and uh, have fun on the track uh, for his uh, marketing promotion day. That's amazing. So the karting path, certainly the norm for road to Indy uh, drivers like yourself, unique, I would say, Nicholas, in the USF Junior route and then deciding to step up to USF 2000 here just a little while ago. Before we get to what triggered that pivot, uh, tell me about USF Juniors because that's something that new offering, obviously, from Dan Anderson, Michelle Kish, the, Anders- the fine folks behind Anderson Promotions. But tell me about deciding to go there uh, instead of going straight into USF 2000. Right. So after uh, I was able to win the F1600 championship um, in, I guess, last year, 2021, we decided we would join the newest level because it would be you know, a fresh start for everybody um, in the USF Juniors category. Um, you know, the F4 car, or I guess, yeah, it would have been the F4 car, um, that Liget chassis, uh, was definitely a new thing for me. And now next year, the the new USF Junior 23 car looks fantastic. But yeah. we um, we thought that would be a great fit. Uh, I didn't want to, we didn't want to compete against my brother. Um, we wanted to keep us separate, you know, dividing our own paths and stuff like that. And it would take away from... It could potentially take away from the other, depending on you know how we finished. But we thought it would be a fantastic idea to you know try the juniors category, um, and we had that joint connection with uh, DC Autosport, um, given Don Connor's you know work with uh, Dominic and Nicholas Cape in the past. Um, so we thought we'd you know work that program through and. I would do juniors, and then eventually I would move up to run with Cape Motorsports and USF 2000. So that was the idea of doing juniors, and we definitely learned a lot in those couple weekends that we got to do um, in that that new car for me, and especially those new tracks like Ozarks, which was you know crazy in itself. So um, that was the that was the idea to not have us competing against each other, but you know, working the same program to still once again learn from one another and, you know, try and develop that way. So looking at this development for you, looking at the fact that uh, your brother's obviously now vying for the USF 2000 title that'll get settled here in a couple of weeks in Portland, it it seems like at least looking at your kind of mid-season introduction to USF 2000, couple of top tens for you seems like and this is where i'd love to learn uh, more seems like what you learned coming up as you mentioned that f1600 title learning for the first half of the season uh in usf juniors seems like all of that played favorably and definitely prepared you to move into hotly contested usf 2000 championship this year at the midway point and not be sunk at the back uh, but to actually show that, hey, I don't have a lot of races in uh, these cars under my belt, but uh, I'm already showing that, uh, assuming you'll be back full season next year, uh, you should be ready to uh, push for some major achievements yourself. Tell me about that, because it looks like you're figuring this USF 2000 stuff up pretty quickly. 
Yeah. So fortunately for me, the beginning of this year, um, or I guess the end of last year, we weren't quite sure what the plan was going to be. So uh, I was lucky enough to get to do the Chris Griffiths test um, with Cape Motorsports. So I had a little bit of time in you know, the old USF 2000 car. Um, and, you know, the two years prior to 1600, 2019 and 2020, I actually didn't race at all, but I was at every single USF 2000 event um, just watching and listening and learning um, from Michael and, you know, the team and stuff like that. So all, all that information, um, you know, was finally able to be put together um, when we joined the first race at uh, Road America. And, you know, since that, since that first, that first day, we've been able to, or I've been able to take what I've learned in the past or seen and learn how to actually apply it. So it was only, you know, one half of, uh, the learning, but it was easier to, um, you know, transition in once I had understood that information, but now I just had to learn how to apply it and, it made the uh, transition really smooth, and you know, the teams I've worked with so far, uh, VRD and Exclusive Autosport, have done a fantastic job. You know, trying to get me to, you know, work with them and develop myself and learn the car. So it's been it's been pretty good so far. And uh, Toronto is actually, I think, my favorite race I've done in a long time because <laughs> um, it's just my first street course, right? So that was actually really good. We had some pace there. Um, and I think that was crucial for my development so far this season and hopefully is putting me in a good spot to go attack Portland. I love it. Well, let's close off here, Nicholas, by a couple of things that I love and find fascinating. The first one being you're doing all this as not enough young drivers are doing while they're on the road to Indy, and that is trying to make yourself smarter outside of the car, educate yourself, hopefully come away with a degree. What is it that you are studying and hoping to have when you're uh, ready to graduate? Uh, what are you looking to uh, have expertise in uh, after you're done at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte? So um, I originally had in mind uh, mechanical engineering with focus in motorsport degree because um, the school really cool offers that. <laughs> um, but Obviously, racing takes a very large time commitment, so we've veered off a little bit, um, and we're now, I'm now trying to focus uh, in business. Not quite sure exactly what yet, but I believe marketing is probably the route I'm looking to go for, so that'll help me you know, develop my driver skills outside the race car and market myself. So that's, that's the... Uh, that's the goal um, at UNC Charlotte is to graduate with a business or at least business and marketing degree. Your interest, uh, both as a sport and also in training uh, in the UFC, also struck me as something that was uh, rather interesting, especially uh, at your height and size. Just saying, anybody that tangles with you on track, they're, they're not going to want to give you the business afterwards. But uh, tell me about that. We have a partnership um, with a local gym here in New York. Um, the gym is UFC Mamaroneck. Um, we got the contact through our school. We went to Iona Preparatory School in New Rochelle, 
Um, and one of the students' families owns the gym. Um, so we were able to connect with them through the school and, you know, in turn, we put them on the car and promote them. We work out there. So we do a lot of um, hit training, um, you know, high-intensity interval training, uh, boxing classes, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes, personal training, just a lot of bag work, aerobic work, even bike work, running, just a whole assortment of, uh, you know, physical activity, but mainly um, around the boxing world for the hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. So that's been really crucial for, you know, us inside the car and, you know, working with them has been fantastic. So, Okay, last thing I want to talk about, which I would say is definitely unique for uh, drivers as young as yourself and your brother, and that is charity work and not just trying to do charity and assist others with their initiatives was really really happy to see and would love to know more about uh what you and michael are looking to do with the hammer down for hope uh organization that you uh you two have created a not-for-profit uh, organization you guys say that uh the goal is to m- leverage your position in motorsports to help children and their families in need how so what are you hoping to leverage what areas uh, of help to children and families are you trying to uh, provide? And when do you think that this uh, this charity will be fully up and running? We started out um, with a, a car rally locally here in New York um, where we invited friends, family, and just everyone we've met through the, the car community because Michael and I are involved with, you know, just we like to play with cars, so we're involved in that kind of realm uh, that was the the starting point with the the hammer down for hope foundation um on michael and i's side uh and we donated that money to uh, a local children's hospital so after that we've are trying to promote it and figure out what our next step is um it's been a little while but we don't have a like a, a date or quite an expected time on when it's going to be fully up and functioning, but the goal is to do things like that. Um, so rallies, we want to do promotional events potentially at the racetrack. Um, you know, like put a tent up and, you know, bring people in, give things away and try and raise money that way. Uh, just, it's just a, a program we're trying to raise awareness for. Um, but it's, intended purpose and goals are a little confusing right now so i mean ultimately we're trying to raise money for you know families in need and children and trying to inspire people to you know perceive their dreams like michael got to michael was invited to uh, a charity event where he got to walk with a uh, kid with um i believe he had leukemia um, who wanted to be a driver so michael got to walk with him on a runway show and do a little fashion event like that. So that that's the goal of uh, the Hammer Down for Hope Foundation. And we're trying to do our best to get that up and running as soon as possible. But, you know, as you know, racing's a, a busy business. So 10-4. Well, really happy to hear the two of you are 
dedicated to doing things beyond just yourselves and trying to use what you do in racing to help others. I wish there were more young drivers like the uh, D'Orlando brothers doing what you're doing. So, Nicholas, keep, uh, keep rocking it out. We'll look forward to seeing how your season closes here in Portland, along with your brother going for that USF 2000 title. And as always, thanks to Cooper Tires. We will keep following you going forward and hope to speak with you again here on the podcast. Thank you, Marshall. It's been a pleasure. Evagoras, your season got a later start than desired. So I figured before we jump into your mid-season ramping up with my pal Jay Howard and the Jay Howard development team there, let's talk about your background. Let's talk about everything leading up to getting this start to your year uh, in the Midwest in the USF 2000 series, all powered by Cooper Tires. Tell me about growing up. Tell me about growing up in the Pacific Northwest. Not a huge hotbed for open-wheel racing talent, but there have been some uh, some pretty cool drivers. I would say maybe no one even, uh, even better than Indy 500 winner Tom Sneva, a fine product of the state of Washington. Tell us about growing up. What was life like coming up uh, in the good old northwest section of the United States? Yeah, well, uh, I was born in Seattle, uh, in the Seattle area, very much a baby at that point. Mm. But um, I lived most of my life here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, this is when, like, uh, I started, you know, growing up and started finding my passion for driving race cars. And from from me being a kid, I knew right away that this is what I wanted to do. Right as I sat in a go-kart, I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life to be a racer, to be a race car driver. You know, one of the things that well, of the many things that are unique about you is your heritage. Can't say that I recall many of any uh, young drivers with Cyprian origins. Uh, tell me about that. Uh, the, the cool part about coming together in motor racing or any faction in life, frankly, is we all come from different places and uh, we all, our parents all have different heritages and backgrounds. Tell us about the, your, your Cyprian, uh, heritage and does that inform any of what you do today or how you do it with your family? Yeah. So, uh, you don't see, uh, a lot of the, uh, Cypriot flag in motorsports. You don't see it very often. And uh, the Cypriot flag on my race car, you know, everyone's wondering what flag that is, right? Mm. It's a small, it's a small little island in the Mediterranean. Everyone's like, no one knows what that flag is. And that's what, that's also adds to just how, spe- how, uh, like how special the country is because it's, it's very unique and to see it in motorsports in a place where it's not normally seen, it's, uh, it's very special and it definitely grabs more attention for sure. So you knowing at an early age that racing was something that you loved and wanted to explore karting is the natural progression for those who have a love for road racing. Tell me about, uh, whether it's Ohio or any of the neighboring States, where did you start to explore, uh, your, your driving passion and talent in karting and how much of a uh, <laughs> blueprint did it have in your young life? I mean, is this a case of you and your parents driving all over weekend after weekend as you're getting more races? 
What, what was that experience like? Well, we started started off in indoor karting here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We started there, and uh, because I knew that I wanted to become a professional racing driver, my dad did some racing as well, some club racing. He was part of the Porsche Club of America. Nice. So he did he did some racing as well. So he knew that this indoor karting would not take me straight to professional racing. It was a good starting point um, anyway. But so then we went to uh, a, a regional, like a, a regional uh, karting championship in the area, OVKA. Mm. Um, that's, that's where I started in uh, 206, the 206 cadet cart. Yeah. So I never did, I never did any kid carts or anything like that. I went into the 206 cadets and, uh, that was just a great learning. It was just really good to learn there because, uh, I'm racing against people my age. Um, it was just, it was just really great to learn there in a cart like that and a track at OVKA. It's a, it's a great track. It has, it's very technical track as well. So it was great to learn all the techniques that karting brings along at a track like that. And, uh, after OVKA, uh, I went there for one year. Then we went to, uh, to KRA at uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park. Uh, we went there and we found uh, Trinity Karting Group, Team TKG. Yeah. And that's that's really where uh, where I started learning more and more and uh, driving more and more. I uh, was I then moved up to Yamaha Junior Sportsman, and uh, I then moved up to Yamaha Junior Sportsman, and I was I did my rookie year at uh newcastle motorsports park kra with team tkg and then the year after that i uh the year after that is when i won uh the kra yamaha junior sportsman championship i won the championship my second year and i was also uh rookie of the year junior driver of the year uh in 2019 with uh team tkg a lot of a uh, lot of talent developed at Newcastle for sure. So you, you're what fourteen? Going to be fifteen here in a couple months, if, if I remember correctly. Uh, you're yep, achieving 15 a, in December. Yeah, uh, you're achieving a lot at a, a relatively young age, uh, Evagoras, and getting into USF two thousand. So that was the plan, right? Everything you mentioned about m- moving rapidly up through karting, going to get going, going to go make this first major step on the road to Indy and USF 2000 with uh, Jay Howard, driver development team. And then what happens last December? Well, so last December, um, I still remember the day. It was December 4th. Uh, we were at um, the Scusa Super Nationals in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. And, um, I was still with, uh, TKG at that point. I've done a lot of my carding, most of my carding with TKG. So, um, I, I then moved up to X30 junior. That was my first race in the X30 junior. And, um, well, so it was Saturday, Saturday, uh, pre-final 
or final on Saturday, I believe. And um, I coming into one of the corners, there was a lot of uh, marbles were on the edge of the track and we were going side by side through a corner. Uh, I got pushed off into the marbles. And once I was on the marbles, there was nothing really for me to do because it was just, I lost complete control and uh, I hit the barrier. I hit the barrier, but that wasn't really the problem of me hitting the barrier. The problem was someone behind me, they didn't see me in time. Like they didn't have enough time to react mm. and they hit me. Uh, they hit me in the back, the back of the cart, like going 60 miles an hour. And that's what, and that sent me flying out of the go-kart and I landed on the the concrete floor of the track and I hit it with my head I believe I was unconscious when I was flying through the air lord and I hit my head I believe and that's really where the damage was done I uh I had to get uh a head surgery um because there was a uh, fluid uh was in my fluid was in my brain so they had to take that out so they had to take that out do surgery and everything like that i was in the hospital six days after the surgery but um everything went well and right now i'm i'm back and healthy that's a lot to go through at a uh at a young pretty young age man uh that more power to you for persevering getting through it and coming back that could have been a point whether it would be the driver or parents or whomever saying yeah that was fun we did that for a while but this just got a little bit too real for us maybe it's time to do something else did that ever become a topic of conversation in your mind or uh, elsewhere within your family um I know for sure it never came across my mind. I don't know about my parents though, but for me, it never came across my mind because I knew that crashes like this, it's part of the sport. It happens. That's what happens when you're driving wheel to wheel uh, with someone else uh, at very high speeds. I knew that this is part of the sport. And I, even though that crash happened and how severe it was and how I had to uh, delay my rookie season by half the year, I still knew that this is what I wanted to do and nothing was going to change that. So let's talk about getting your season going here at road America, the double header there big jump for every driver coming out of carts of Agoras, And I'm overstating the obvious here is downforce learning about downforce. What is it? How do I utilize it? How do I trust it? Tell me about this process for you where, unfortunately, you did not get to do a whole ton of preseason testing in tons and tons and tons of miles uh, before starting the season along with everybody else. You're having to jump in legitimately at the halfway point uh, of the year, get the car to a point where you understand it, trust it, and can make full utilization of it. What was that process like? I mean, I, we can look at the numbers and say, huh, hasn't taken long for him to 
get that learning curve ramped up pretty quickly. But tell folks about what that's like going from a cart to a much bigger, an actual car with wings. Yeah, downforce is a very big part in the difference between go-karts and uh, an open-wheel race car like the USF 2000. And especially uh, like when you're following someone else, you get that loss of the downforce on the front end of the car. And that's a, a thing that you need to learn to adjust with because in go-karts, you can drive bumper to bumper, bump draft through the corners, essentially. And uh, with uh, with the USF 2000, you can't do that much. And the downforce is a big part in, in learning uh, the differences. Um, and that's actually uh, what caught me out in, at Road America. Um, in the first race at Road America, um, going through the kink after the carousel, I, uh, I was following someone through the kink a little bit too closely and I lost all the downforce on the car and spun me around and I hit the wall, hit the, hit the barrier. It was a pretty hefty impact. Um, and there was just too much damage done to the car and I could not compete in race two later on. Yeah. And that, uh, <laughs> that's the part that takes time. The, Hey, yeah. there is an, invi- <clears throat> there is an invisible force. <clears throat> allowing me to go quickly through corners and to break later than what my brain tells me I should be able to do. So not as if you want to mm-hmm. have to uh, go through an accident to learn those things, but uh, at some point in time or another, it is a lesson that gets uh, visited upon every young driver. Well, let's close on this, Evagor. So 11th in your last race, right? And I know obviously you would want that to be a win, well primed and warm and and ready and got a full season of racing behind them to uh walk away from the last race in 11th place how does that sit with you do you feel like this kind of rushed uh limited number of races to get your season going you feel like it's trending in the right direction for you yeah for sure i definitely think it's going in the right direction and that 11th place in toronto that actually was a, a dnf there was just so much going on in that race that even with the DNF, I still finished 11th. Yep. And by the time we had a uh, an issue with the gearbox of the car, a, a, a gear sensor uh, on the car, and that failed. So the car didn't know what gear I was in, and I could not shift up any gears. The gearbox just wasn't working or anything like that. And that's what caused the DNF. But at the time of that happening i was up in the top five i was up in the top five when that uh started to go wrong and i definitely uh could have been finished up in the top five if that accident didn't happen but i i'm nevertheless i'm very proud of how far uh i've came in the last uh three races and yeah i definitely think that we are going in the right direction Every race, I'm getting more experience. I'm learning more and more. That's all what this rookie season is all about, just learning and learning. And I definitely think that we're doing that. And uh, I'm very excited for next year. Same here. Anytime you uh, you come in late and you do well, uh, gives a lot of us a lot of enthusiasm to see what's next for you. Well, oh, yeah. I'm 
I am hoping for and praying for a completely safe rest of the year. No more delays. And so your, uh, your young career can take off uh, and keep rolling up the road to Indy. And hopefully, and if, I don't know, a few years time, maybe even before you uh, graduate high school, uh, you'll be uh, flirting with IndyCar. So looking forward to what's next for you. And thanks for taking some time here to join us on the show. Yeah, no problem. This, this was great. Thanks again to Nick and Evagoras for telling their tales, sharing their stories. And thanks as always to the fine folks at Anderson Promotions and Cooper Tires for making sure that we have the new faces, the new voices, the new talents brought to you here on our little podcast. I'm Marshall Pruitt. I'll speak to you soon.